You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Folks, if you'd like a copy of my best-selling first book, Tales of a First-Round Nothing, Head on over to ecwpress.com. If you'd like a copy of my second book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to www.flankerpress.com. If you'd like either copy personalized, just add a note. Thanks for listening to my podcast, and happy reading. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, ladies and gents, boys and girls, welcome to Tales with TR episode 138A. I'm your host, Terry Ryan. Back with you. Uh, Where do I start here today? First of all, thank you, Bobby Stewart, for joining me last week. It's one of my real good friends. I'm sure you you could pick that up. As we were talking, but Stewie is honestly, I've had a lot of teammates, man, in ball hockey and ice hockey. And if you want, you know, growing up soccer and, and, and baseball into my 30s. And uh, Stewie is really one of the all time guys that I still talk to all the time. Still feels like a teammate, you know. Uh, just, uh, we just really got along. It was Boise, Idaho. It was actually the year that I hurt my ankle. I think maybe we touched on that, but I, I, I heard it a little bit in Dallas camp. I, I thought it would get better. It was a high ankle sprain, so in Boise, I just kept trying to play through it. It got worse and worse. I only played 30 games there. But, um, you know, I was there all year, and and there was some just awesome people and awesome times. I mean, <laughs> outside of knocking my teeth out with a hammer, right? Um but that really was a good memory. People, a lot of people are uh, put off by the story, but uh, we had fun with it. Boise was a fun place. And uh, just some awesome guys on that team. 
and 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 girls. I mean, there's really there was a lot of the guys are still married or with the girls they were there with, and we all made friends. It felt like one big family, even with the fans. And uh, anyway, it was nice to relive that, and I can't wait to get to back to Boise sometime, of course. So thanks again to Bobby Stewart. And uh, I'm real glad to hear that him and his family are doing well because they're great people. Now, so Saturday I went up uh, to Goose Bay. Most of you know this because you follow me on Instagram, I'm assuming. Um, went up to Goose Bay. I played uh, Saturday, Sunday, some hockey games with the uh, Montreal Canadiens alumni. It was it was a blast. It really was. And uh, I've, I've always said that it was an honor to put on that jersey and to do it again with some of the guys that I played with and uh, and looked up to. I mean, uh, I played with Patrice Brisebois, and he was there and looks great, by the way. Haven't haven't seen him in a while. Matthew Dandeno was there. I went to World Junior Camp with him. Great story. He, uh, you know, he's a forward. I mean, I, he was at World Junior Camp as a forward. He got drafted as a forward. And he goes and makes the Detroit Red Wings, who was the best team in the NHL. He's got three cups at the time. And, you know, Bo Scotty Bowman puts him on D, I believe, with Lidstrom. But, you know, I just don't know many people. I, I've heard of going D to forward. Doesn't happen a lot. Um, but just to make the NHL and then go back. I, I can't imagine someone told me when I got there it was hard enough to play left wing. Yeah, go back on defense like it's peewee. And he did it, and he was a good D. It's really wild, you know? Uh, anyway, we had a great, great uh, chat catching up, and, uh, you know, Gilbert Dion, and I played with Norm DuPont and, and Gilbert Dion, and Gilbert's a, just a great guy. He's uh, jovial, always smiling, you know, always joking, and good guy to be around. Brian Scrudlin was there. I hadn't seen Screwy in a while. He's uh, an old friend now. We, we see him at some events. The Dale Howardchuck classic. Uh, I met him. Rest in peace, Dale. And uh, we've done a f that was probably I don't know eight years ago. And we uh, we've done a few things since. And Screwy's always the life of the party. I can see why he was captain in the NHL. And uh, I'm one of the most underrated two way players that you'll hear about um, or you won't hear about. But um, you know, to me, and he was another guy. Like Brian Scrudland to me was a legend, and I looked up to him when I was single digits. So to to be able to go out and play, and, you know, experience all that with uh, with those dudes, Stanley Cup winners, former Canadians, Richard Sevigny was in that man. He was bouncing around. He must be sixty odd years old. He was high sixties, I would think. But he's, uh, yeah, he he was. Very animated in that. I was surprised. Anyway, the, we played Goose Bay and a couple of local teams. They had uh building was sold out twice for the most part. Looked like it. And we raised a lot of money for charity. The NFL playoff action continues. We're one step closer to Super Bowl 57. And for the NFL divisional round, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. So, what are you waiting for? 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL Divisional Round and get $200 in free bets instantly. Again, that's promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And my birthday was Saturday, so it was uh, it was a lot of fun. But um, I had some bad news that day. My friend Todd Gillingham passed away. Now, I know some people on here are, are, are not even really big into hockey. If you are, check out his Hockey DB page. It's quite mesmerizing, okay? Gilly's stats for someone that didn't play in the NHL were through the roof. Now, I'm going to bring it up. One sec. Uh, I, I, I don't know where to go with this. I, I could tell Gilly stories for hours and really not even get past the introduction. So... Gilly was 52, okay? So Gilly's seven years older than me. He's about to have his birthday in, uh, on the 31st of January. Seven years older than me. And from Cornerbrook, Newfoundland, the West Coast. So uh, about a six-hour drive, I suppose. He went to junior. You know, he couldn't skate worth a lick, but really smart, uh, an unreal passer. Really, it's, it, he was his... Passing ability was, I think, anybody that saw him play or in and around here, you know, even even in senior hockey, he was like 40 pounds overweight at the end of his senior hockey career, but could still dish the puck and get points. He was a fucking great player. But he could he was pretty tough, too. And just one of those guys that was always a yard sale. Like, he was tough, but he was also an agitator. You know, I, I, I wouldn't, not a great fighter, but always always up for it. So he goes to Verdun in his first year, 70 games, 27 points, 164 minutes. Progressively better. 88, 89, 89, 90, 90, 91, he goes to trois straight into Trois-Rivières. 66 games, 46 goals, 102 assists for 148 points with 353 penalty minutes. He played with Yannick Perot that year. And it's funny, as soon as I brought it up, uh, Brisebois, Breezer knew exactly who he was. And so Perot had 185 points. Gilly had 148. Paul Brousseau was third. He had 96. So Gilly was 50 points ahead of the next person. It wasn't what I'm saying is that it wasn't just Yannick Perot holding his hand. Like he, you know, he was a great player and he actually created room for Yannick. So people say, you know, Gilly benefited from playing with Perot, but I think it was vice versa as well. So then he comes in, uh, you know, he ended up, he played in uh, over the course of a about a dozen-year career. He started in St. John's, played in Salt Lake, Chicago, San Diego, Los Angeles Ice Dogs, Long Beach Ice Dogs, well, same team, Phoenix, Hartford, Wolfpack, and then St. John's for two years. He went over to Cardiff, finished with Colorado Gold Kings with me. I was down there that year, I tell you about, he went down there. Anyway, it was at the end of his career, and he ended up coming home. But some of those years, I mean, look, 95, 96, 69 games played, 50 points, 26 goals, 50 points, 376 minutes. I mean, he had it all. I think he's probably 
again, you look at him, he couldn't skate very well. But those stats, I don't know many people that got kept out of the NHL for even one game with those stats. Uh, and I was always, when you watched him, you realized, like, cause I, I heard those stats and I knew Gilly. Gilly used to be the bat boy for my my dad's baseball team when he was like 13 and I was like five or six. So, yeah, man, it goes back. So, I, I, you know, when I saw him play at first, I'm like, how does he do this? Because I really, like, he was, I don't want to say this now, rest in peace, Gilly. But for some, like, I, I saw him and I'm like, he can't even skate. But it marked, it's a testament to his will. He would will himself into the right. He was not scared of anything. He'd go in front of the net. And he would get the hard goals, you know? None of these goals were like go around the team. None were end-to-end rushes. Not, not one. Not one. But he was so smart, tipping the puck, getting in front, getting his body. Uh, he was good on the boards, got a lot of assists. So it was I'm not doing a very good job of this explaining, but he, you know, he got the most. He maximized his potential because he was focused. He was determined. He liked the booze when he played, you know, a little bit like a lot of people did, though. It wasn't really overboard like in recent years, and I'll tell you about that in a second. But anyway, he was just this player that represented, and he was a humanitarian. He'd go to whatever team he went to. He would, you know, be he'd sign every autograph. He'd, he'd go out. He'd rather go drinking or you know eat after the game and have some beers with fans and you know he was always there for the conversation he always there to to lend an ear if you were in a hard place the kind of person that like phoned my mom on her birthday still kind of thing right just deep down he had a great heart i shouldn't even say deep down he had a great heart he did he had a great heart i don't know anybody that came across gilly in in his career or even shortly after, that didn't have something good to say about him, or or an unreal story. I remember once in Long Beach, he forgot his shin pads. I think John Van Boxmeer was the coach, and you know they'd lost like three in a row, and so he didn't want. And they, but they had a practice rink, so they got out, and he didn't have his shin pads, and he was nervous. He didn't want to tell the coach or anybody else, so he went out to the payphone, and he ripped a phone book in two, and he taped half of the phone book to each shin <laughs> anyway i can go on and on he had so many so many good stories man and after his career it's my last year in colorado or his last year was in colorado springs with the gold kings like i said he only played 13 games with us but i went down there with him and his dad had passed away recently at that point and gilly was abusing the bottle a little bit and i could see that it, it maybe wasn't going to end well but it, but it was still kind of in fun then right like I, I didn't really identify a problem, nor, nor did anybody, I don't think. So, Gilly, we came back home, and, you know, like I said, I had to retire in 03, 04, bad ankle. I couldn't do much about it. But I was real down, and I wasn't going to play senior hockey or anything else ever again. And uh, I tell you about the reality show I went on. I lost weight and everything. Well, Gilly was a big part of that. Gilly said, you know, you should come out and play in Quarterbrook for the Royals. And the league here was getting big. You know, imports were starting to happen. There was a lot of money being thrown around. It, it helped put me through school. You know, I was going to uh, my, my, my pay with the Royals, Cornerbrook Royals. So Gilly and I and a few more from St. John's would fly into Cornerbrook, about a six-hour drive, like I said, hour flight. So we would fly in there every weekend, play our games, and fly home. 
make some money, have beers with the boys, come back. And he started a, we started a youth development program in 2004 called the uh, Breakaway Youth Foundation. It was for kids that were disadvantaged from Natwashish and Sheshashi Labrador. And uh, I, I don't want to get into all that, but they really, really needed some help. You do a little quick Google search and you'll see what I mean. These kids needed us, man. And uh, there's a friend of mine, Spock, we call him Steve Kelly. Matt Cole, my goalie in Quinnell and Junior, came all the way over from BC and Gilly. And we didn't pay ourselves a lot. I think it was 16 bucks an hour because we had to get this going. It was more for the kids or anything than anything. I didn't know what to do. I just retired. I didn't want to retire. Had a bad ankle. You know, I would have gone back and played in the East Coast League rather than just be home. I was 25 or 26. But Gilly was all about it, man. And he, he enjoyed the challenge. We took the kids and we would take shifts. We took them uh, from Labrador and put them in a nun's convent. We rented out on Bell Island, about a 15-hour or 15-minute ferry off St. John's there and uh, a place called Bell Island. And they needed some kids for their local hockey team to make enough. And we wanted some kids to be integrated into the system, come down, go to school. It was education through motivation. If we brought 10 kids, if they went to school, they got to play on the local team. And... Uh, it, it, it worked out. It was uh, some ups and downs, uh, but we went through a lot together. One of the kids, uh, J.B. Rich, hung himself one day out back. A lot of emotional roller coasters. No one had graduated there in 15 years uh, in that Washish High School at the time, and we took a few of the kids down, like I said, at St. Mike's and Bell Island. A few of them did graduate. So there was uh, you know, some real positive, some real negative, but yeah, that was just one year. Gilly and I had been through a lot, man, on the ice, off the ice. And, uh, you know, we played another few years of senior hockey together. Then we played in Mount Pearl. And, you know, Gilly was the type of guy I'd talk to every day at least once, at least once, and probably see him four or five times a week. He didn't, his, his drinking substance problem was kind of well known in recent years. But back then, he'd come in for a drink or two or a hot toddy, but he'd shut her down. He wasn't as obviously in need of help. Uh, and now, listen, he went home. I don't know what he did. So, And he had some demons always. We know that. But I'm just saying, for anybody that has only heard about him in recent years or doesn't know who he is, I'm trying to give you, paint you an honest picture. Okay. Um, oh, God, so sad. So, Yuli became a little bit distant in recent years. I it's frustrating anyway about four or five years ago um, myself and a good buddy I, I believe Farmer Reddy was with me local sports legend and uh, I believe as I recall it we were in my parents on a Friday, same thing, ready to get some beers with Dad. And Gilly got pulled over that day twice. He got two DUIs in one day. So that was really the first I remember, like, major alarm bells going off. And I called him, and, you know, he said everything was all right. And then a short time after, he robbed a liquor store, okay? Now, when I hear this story told back to me, I always correct people because... 
the way it's explained is that he went in and, and robbed it like he held it up. He didn't do that. He was just buzzed out of his tree. He needed help. And uh, he went in and just robbed a bottle of liquor. Put it in his jacket. He had no money left. He was kicked out of his house. He's got two great kids. Great wife. <clears throat> Ex-wife, I guess, or whatever. But I don't blame them either. He, Gilly, he was, yeah. Every day was pain for him. It must have been every time he opened his eyes, knowing that he had to reach for the bottle. And he, uh, I guess he essentially chose that over his kids, but it, he loved them so much, he would still call me and, at the end, it was just like a web of lies, but I still liked hearing his voice. I saw him this summer on the pedestrian walk downtown, and it was like he was looking through me. And I took Penny Lane over. We were eating at Merchant Tavern, and he was walking. And I ran over, and I said, Gillian. He kind of came over by the table, and Penny Lane was there. And I wanted to tell her so much, like this guy's a huge part of my life. And he was just out of it. I guess to protect her or him or I don't know what, but I, I kind of, I just let him go. He said, I'll be right back. And I knew he wouldn't be. I feel bad because I wasn't embarrassed. I just didn't want Penny Lane to see that version of him. But I was hoping that he'd clean himself up. He didn't. I don't know if it's brain trauma. I don't. I don't know what it was. Gilly had a, obviously a disease. But you see, the recent stuff, I gotta get through this. I got to. I owe I owe I owe it to him. I don't want to edit this either. I fucking owe it to him. Anyway. Anybody that heard about his story in recent years thinks he's probably an asshole. Or a thief or whatever it might be. A liar for sure. And he did lie a lot. He lied about his disease and stuff. It was embarrassing. It was also, he was in need. He was selling fucking fake coal plates at the end there. And every time he would text, hey, Terry, you know, selling coal plates for minor soccer. I'm going to buy one for 40 bucks. I don't know. I just, Gilly, here's 40 bucks, man. What's going on? And a few times I, I uh, texted him and, and called him and said, you know, Gilly, he wouldn't answer, and I'm like, I know you're in a hard place. I don't even care if you drink. I just want to see you. And I, he didn't. That's the only time he would respond if I said that. But he was. I didn't. I didn't see him much. At the end, he called my mom. He always would. A couple months ago. And she said that he was fucked up. And. uh no one knew what to do. We reached out. He wasn't there. 
Now I'm talking to all his friends. We were all real tight. We still are all real tight. That that group of friends was really the, the nucleus was Gilly and, and, and Greg Bird, Doug Smith, you know. They were the St. John's Leaps that were here that stayed that we all hung out. Shannon Cody, Shaq, Donnie Alcock. They were the two trainers. They're also dead now. Way too early. And uh anyway. So it's bittersweet. There's one thing that's bittersweet about it is that his kids, I'm sure, don't know the real Gilly. I, I don't know how they would. They're young. And for most of their lives, he's been an absolute mess and, and a bit of a hermit. I don't know where he lived. No one knows where he was anymore. I know he wasn't with them for years. And again, I don't blame Leslie or anything, I, I I wouldn't be you. You couldn't possibly live with Gilly at the end. It would have been impossible. But uh, you know, there's been a public outcry, right, or, or public out, outpouring of of emotion, which is good. Because again, like I said in recent years, you wouldn't know that about Gilly. Anybody that has read about him that didn't watch him play and didn't see him be a humanitarian and so proud to wear his jersey to the Janeway and help kids. And and he really would. He was happy to do that. If nothing fucking else, Gilly was really had a, as soon as he walked into a room, the energy changed. Man, he was just, he was a caricature. He was a cartoon. Like he, and anyway, I don't think his kids knew the good side. So now what's bittersweet, not much sweet about it, but if there's a positive is that such a double-edged sword or a catch-22 is a better way to put it. Because now he's dead. And all these things that are going out online and people that loved him and sharing their stories, I'm sure his kids are just realizing now who he is. They must see it. You can't turn on Facebook or Instagram in Newfoundland without having somebody tell a Gilly story. And they're all positive. And I'm wondering if they ever knew that. How would they? He kept to himself. He, he was with them and very happy for a while. I know when they were younger. But do they really know who he was? Well, now they probably do. Anyway, Gilly, we all get there, but it was too early, man. Anyway, I don't know, man. I was going to ignore it and just talk about something else on the podcast, but, uh, I, I own this, and people should know it. And if I could tell you all the times that he really cheered me up or was there for me, we'd be here for days. He did piss me off sometimes, the lies and stuff, but that was a disease, you know? Anyway. If you're a member of the hockey community, 
and you played in the AHL or the IHL in the 90s, basically, you probably heard of Todd Gillingham. Well, I'm sure, or, or you played with or against him. I'm sure you got a story. I'm sure I'm talking right now and people have a story because wherever he went, uh, you know, you, you remember he was there. So anyway, Gilly, you and Bird Dog are together now, I guess. And like I said before, I'm not religious. I'm not but spiritual, maybe. I, I like to have faith that something happens to our consciousness, our energy. Again, I don't think it's defined in any religion, but uh, I've always thought that there's something. I have faith that there's something. And, uh, you know, why are we here? Why? I mean, there's existential questions every time I have someone like this passes away. And I, I just, it's hard to come to grips with the fact I'll never talk to him again. But uh, I hope, Gilly, in some, hey, fuck, I don't know, man. I hope you're in this room with me. But, uh, if I could have done any more, I'm sorry. I knew it was coming. But I've talked to a lot of his friends today and yesterday, and uh, it's good to hear that they tried the same thing as I did. So he didn't want to be helped, I guess. Now, he died, I guess, uh, I, I, I don't mind saying it now, of a heart attack. So I... There was rumors out there that he committed suicide. I, I don't believe that's the case. Indirectly, maybe, with everything, you know. And he had a good friend die the other day, Bernie Halloran. I should mention that. Owned Vern Furrier's here in town. Bernie was a great fella. To play hockey with us and had pancreatic cancer for eight or nine years, probably ten. And, uh, you know, he lived through it. Bernie was a battle. He played, but go on hockey trips and everything, this guy. But he was our good friend, and I don't know if that, affected Gilly and he just got on too, too much of a buzz like I said he had a heart attack but you know I, I, I'm sure if he lived a better lifestyle probably wouldn't have happened he would have got a few more years out of it anyway but his father died of that too so and he had a large heart so I mean I, I really don't know I, I, I believe that if he took better care of himself he'd be alive right now so take from that what you will but that's a disease. And uh, it consumed him. But he was loved. And uh, I'll never go a day in my life without thinking of him. I know I won't. I didn't. I haven't. Right? So uh, add it to the list of roommates that I've had that are now dead and uh, teammates and friends. Anyway, Gilly was... And it was more than that, though. He was a brother, you know. And he was, he was larger than life. I just can't believe he's gone. Gilly was that guy that... You just... I was always... It was good. He had a presence about him. I've often talked about Sheldon Surrey. That way, they, they had a presence. They're not the same person, not even... But they're... There's something about Sheldon that when he's in the room with me anyway, when he was a teammate and a friend, I was like, everything will be all right, you know, like, and, and 
not that either one of them was, uh, what's the word? They weren't fatherly or anything, or they weren't condescending, or they weren't egotistical. So I don't, I don't think it was their own doing. Like a guy like Sheldon and a guy like Gilly, they're just, their personalities are so big. There are more. I just mean those are the two that pop into my mind because they're, Sheldon was close with me, and I mean, we still talk, but, you know, we went to junior together, and Gilly was like that, like like a big brother. Like, uh, you know, I always, I always felt like it'd be all right, even though Gilly was a fucking mess. It's funny. <laughs> I mean, I am too, right? But I, I don't mean like a drinking mess. I mean, like, scatterbrained, and, and yes, he drank a lot, as as we've established, but. You know, he was scatterbrained like me, and uh, how many times did we go? I don't know. We drove, we'd fly or drive to Cornerbrook every weekend, and there was always a story. And we made the most of it. And uh, he had this smile about him and, a, and a, a look in his eye, you know. And when times were real bad, I could just look at Gilly without saying anything. And be at ease. My anxiety would be like, you know what? Everything's going to be okay. Uh, he would drop in. Last going off, no, but up until a few years ago, he would drop in and see my parents when I wasn't even there. You know, he uh, he loved having a good chat. And uh, anyway... So that's it. I don't know if I want to talk about anything else today. For those that wanted to tune in and hear me dissect hockey or music or whatever, I'm just not in the mood. Uh, but I felt that I had to do this. I have to do this. And uh, I don't know. I'm, I apologize for getting emotional. And uh, normally if this happens, you know, I edit it out or something. Not that it happens all the time, but it has. But uh, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to leave it as it is. And uh, goodbye, Gilly. Love you. And... Uh, you were appreciated, and you were uh, the ups and downs, man. You were one of the best friends I had, <clears throat> and I appreciate that. Thank you for everything, and uh, I hope you're somewhere out there and you know that I'm saying this. If nothing else, everybody out there listening, Now you know what he meant to me. And uh, that's it. That needed to be said. Now, thanks to Bobby Stewart. Like I said, we're going to be back in a couple of days with Jason McBain. Jason, uh, ex-Hartford Whaler uh, of all teams. Um, 
played against Jason in the Western League, and he's he had an interesting career and actually got up in uh, 95, 96, and 96, 97 with the Hartford Whalers in the last years of their existence. That'll be a that'll be a welcome guest. Jason and I go way back as well and uh, played hockey with his brother Mike on the under-16 Canada team, and I've known Jason that long, so I'm looking forward to talking to him. And, uh, yeah, I'll be back. I'll be back soon. So I'm rambling now, but I don't know what to do with this. I, I know that there's people out there listening that wanted to hear probably something more positive or or whatever. And, uh, I, I'm not going to apologize, I guess, but uh, I, I hope that if it was too much that you you know, I, I just needed to vent, and I'd rather do it on air so people know because Gilly was a good person. So thanks for t sticking with me, and if this was uh, an upsetting episode, my I, I do apologize. I don't do it for that reason, but Gilly transcended uh, this podcast or hockey or friendship or whatever. He was just... Uh, he's one of the people that deserved an episode, if nothing else. So I'll be back. This has been 138A. Thank you very, very much for tuning in. And uh, condolences to everybody out there who came across Todd Gillingham, to his family, to his friends, and, uh, you know, his teammates. Thanks again for tuning in. Uh, if you're downtown St. John's and you want to have a beer, why not go to Trinity Pub, Rob Roy Confusion, TJ's Pub, Greensleeves Pub, Martini Bar, or the Bull and Barrel. If you're going to go for a bite to eat, why not try Merchant Tavern, Blue on Water, Wedgwood Cafe. Power conditioning for strength, strength and balance for the body and mind. Check that out, Rope Walk Lane. Mr. Lube, Live Laugh Lube. Locations on Kemah Road and Topsail Road. True Hockey, take what's yours. Thanks to True, by the way, for all the gear they set me up with on uh, the alumni tour. And Pitbull Pain Relief, pitbullpainrelief.com. Check it out. Pain sticks, second to none. I, uh, I highly recommend. I'll be back in just a couple of days with, like I said, my old friend Jason McBain. To anybody out there who's lost a friend, uh, you know, it can be lonely. But so many people have reached out in an almost overwhelming amount. I appreciate that. It's something that happens in life. Anything I've said here today, I'm sure that most people can identify with, right? Because nobody's immortal and uh, this sort of thing happens. And uh, to anybody that had a friend like Gilly, that had to go through what I'm going through now or what I am, what lots of people are. Uh, it's not easy. It's not water off a duck's back. But uh, reach out and talk to somebody, I guess. This is as much therapy as anything I can uh, I can talk to, to, to you people, and I know there's people listening. Not everybody has that. So. It's never uh, Bell Let's Talk days in two days or in a week, is it? Which is ironic. Anyway, yeah, reach out. Reach out. It can be uh, therapeutic to talk about 
loved ones. And uh, it might not sound like it, but it certainly was for me here today. Thank you again to Bobby Stewart. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. This has been 138A. We'll see you soon in a couple days with Jason McBain. And one last shout-out to the man, the myth, the legend, Todd Gillingham. Love you, buddy.